0: The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Overtime Open Line is brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre,
1: Reed, Reed Wilkins, Wilkins
0: on, on Oilers, Oilers Radio. Radio, 630
1: Chad. The Oilers rally, but lose on a bizarre own goal.
0: Six-four to the Leafs. Here's head coach Todd McClellan. Feel for him. He had a great night, and uh, there was never any intent, obviously, to do it. And uh, a not so good thing happened to a great player tonight. And we're okay. Uh, Lauren Brossoit comes in tonight. Made some huge stops. He said he wanted the second goal back, but. Can you just your thoughts on how he? Early in the game, we were uh, we were on our heels. I thought we were second to a lot of pucks, and they created a number of uh, opportunities off of turnovers. Um, he made some tremendous saves, so that should give him some confidence moving forward. It should give our team some confidence knowing that he can make those types of saves. Um, you know, six is is a big number, but one was an empty netter. One we scored on ourselves. Penalty kill has to stop one of the two. Um, and, uh, you know, then we're in a normal range. So uh, tomorrow you'll open up the newspaper. You'll think that LB let six in. That's not the case. He uh, he had a good night.
2: Todd, can you just talk about the game your fourth line gave you and how they were able to kind of spark you guys when you were down? Around? Yeah, I
0: thought that was their best, uh, their best game of the season. Cass was playing really well. JJ used his size. Uh, Test his smarts is, you know, probably one one instance during the game that they'd like to have a shift back and we got scored on, but uh, other than that, I, f- I felt good playing them right to the last two or three minutes. They deserved the ice time and uh, they earned it. You said, we're okay. What do you mean by that? Uh, I mean, we're okay. Like The group in the locker room was okay with, with Rusty. They, they support him 100%. There's Everybody's in there tapping him and and uh the question was in regards to uh to chris russell so um we're okay with him and we appreciate what he does for us night in and night out no issues at all do
3: you feel like you got something on your team tonight that
0: you haven't, that you haven't seen? well we played you know i thought we played a hell of a game once we got our our wits about us we weren't turning pucks over and it uh, took a little regrouping between the first and second, but uh, from that point on, I thought we played the type of game we wanted to play. We didn't give up much after that, uh, but we gave up a lot early, and that's still something we need to clean up, and as I said, the, the, the penalty kill, we can't be shorthanded for a minute 15 and give up two goals. You, we have no chance of winning unless that gets better.
4: Your team got down too early tonight, and they, they've, that's happened before, but... Tonight was different because they were able to push back later in the game and they, they didn't fold. They came out and they believed in it. looked like they still believed in them, themselves. Yeah, they, were, they played a much better game later. They
0: were a determined group, even even down. Um, uh, you know, they, they felt like we could get in on the forecheck and create some turnovers. They started to do that. They began to feel better about themselves. Uh, got rewarded with a goal. Momentum builds. And... And now you're doing things right, you're doing things correct, and you're getting somewhat of a reward, so you continue to do it. Um, you don't fall off the, the map, and um, that's what happened tonight with us. Can you, uh, just if there's an update of any sort on Adam Larson and, and what transpired? <laughs> he, up getting- um, he, was, he was a little bit sore this morning. Um, we knew he would be questionable. He tried warm-up. He couldn't go. Um, he's listed right now as day-to-day. He'll get evaluated tomorrow, um, and uh, I can give you an update then. Okay. Live live
1: comments from Oilers head coach Todd McClellan, courtesy of GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine diesel parts at wholesale prices. An entertaining game with a weird ending. The Oilers rally from 2 nothing and 3-1 deficits it's tied 4 4 with a minute 5 left. Chris Russell battling in front, accidentally slaps the puck. Between Laurent Bressois' legs, that would be the game winner. Toronto added an empty netter to win at 6-4. Thanks for tuning in tonight. It's 10:06 Canadian Brew House Canadian Brew House overtime open line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center in Rogers Place. Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins. Well, you know we saw Patrick Laine accidentally drill one into his own net last year. Turned out to be the game-winning goal for Edmonton in a win over Winnipeg. And then tonight, Rob, I mean. The, the video is all over the internet already. I, I mean, just one of the weirdest ones you'll ever see.
5: Yeah, well, you, you're around the game long enough. You see you see it quite often. There, I mean, when I played, it was usually one or two a year. You'd see a guy put it into his own net, shooting it, uh, either for or against you. It, it's a bad break. To me, that one's – I'm blaming the ice. For, for a big part of it. The puck is bouncing. It bounced over a stick twice. And when you start twirling around and you're just looking straight down at the puck with a man on you, you, you lose sight of where the, where the your own net is. And it was just a bad break. I mean, I mean, everything has to go completely perfectly for that to happen. He got good wood on it. He surprised LB. He got it in the right spot. Uh, so I, you see... Over the course of the year, 10 to 15 times where guys shoot it on their own net, but the save is made, so nothing really made of it. This one, just because of the time of game it was. And the part that hurt me sitting up here watching, it was, it was just such a, a horrible ending to a fantastic hockey game. Mm-hmm. I like, would have been better if they went to overtime and Matthews went end-to-end and scored one of the best goals you've ever seen. You would have left the game at least satisfied that the game ended a proper way. But for it to end on a play that was just silly like that, just a bad break, you feel just disheartened. So it was so many good things that happened throughout the night for both teams. It's just unfortunate that a play like that's what eventually dictated the outcome.
1: The Leafs, clearly the better team in the first period. Mm It looked like there were 10 skaters on the ice, but mm-hmm. seven of them played for Toronto and three of them played for the Oilers. I mean, they were just outnumbering the Oilers in every situation, turning over pucks at the blue line and in the neutral zone, coming wave after wave. They got a power play goal. Matthews hit the open side. They had two on 0s down low, one of which they scored on. The other one, Brassois, made an incredible save. And then... After I, I thought the Leafs still had a couple other decent chances five minutes into the second period, and then the Oilers really came on. What did they do?
5: Well, the Oilers started playing smarter, for one. I think there were, I mean, you look at the goals they gave up, and then the great scoring chances they gave up, self-inflicted again, not getting pucks out, cheating. Guys, uh, the one goal, I mean, it's a 2-on-0, so obviously you guys are up ahead of the puck. You're you're always supposed to be below the puck, especially if you're a defender. The 3-on-1 goal event was a a play where four Oilers left the zone. The Oilers don't get it out, and now it's a 3-on-1 with the fourth line scoring a goal against you. The Oilers started getting pucks in deep. They started uh, chipping pucks behind defensemen and using their speed and using their size down low. Started forcing turnovers in the offensive zone. Uh, they were just much better at that as the game went on. And part of it too, and we see this when you get a build a couple goal lead, as the Maple Leafs do. They they took their foot off and they started playing more of a prevent mm-hmm. and. Usually when you play prevent, you give up chances, and they lost momentum. Uh, the Oilers had a great opportunity in the second period with four minutes of power play time they didn't capitalize on. And as much as you look at the Russell uh, blunder that was the difference in this hockey game, I think you can really look at the specialty teams was the difference in this hockey game again. As we've seen, it has hurt the Oilers all season long.
1: Yeah, huge weakness for the Oilers all year. Last in penalty killing coming into today at 73%, so that'll drop even more. Power play 20th, 18.2%, so that'll drop a little bit as well. The Oilers do get four. That means a $100 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, courtesy of Booster Juice and Oasis of Freshness in a Fast-Based World. They give 25 bucks for every Oilers goal throughout the season. Follow the total on the Oilers page on 630 com. 6-4 Toronto is the final you can reach us at 780-496-0063 we'll start off with Rocket this evening hi Rocket
6: hey guys how you doing pretty good you know what I uh, you know despite
7: the you know the Russell deflection and I agree with you 100% Rob that when you're the puck's bouncing and you're spinning around you don't know where the net is and and that happens and that's that's of course extremely unfortunate, but uh, I got to tell you, like I got a feeling that this is going to turn this team around. Actually, given how well they played this game, and 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 what I, and like you guys were saying, like what a good game it was. Um, this is this to me seems to be uh, could be the kind of thing that uh, everybody rallies around instead of uh, you know wallowing in it considering how well they played and I just wanted your take on that
5: well I agree uh, I mean it, it was a fun night in, in the building it, all you all you were missing was the smoky haze from the old you know the 1970s 80s games when you're in the old <laughs> arena to have the smoky haze because there was so much energy in the building now and it's cool I, I love when other teams have fan support in an arena too because it just makes it for that much uh, that much more exciting and, and rowdy and and crazy in here in both both the fans were chanting back and forth. And yeah, the, the Oilers can use this as a rallying cry because they they came back against a very good team. They dominated play the final 37, 38 minutes of this hockey game. Having said that, they need to use this to catapult them forward. They have another big game coming up in Calgary. And again, it's going to be an emotional game. It's the Battle of Alberta. Now both teams are, are, are again, desperate for points. Uh, the Calgary Flames want to push, you know, the Oilers further away from them in the standings. Where the Oilers need, they got to start beating Western Conference and, and division teams to be able to get gain the four-point uh the outcomes that they need so if the oilers use this and it's their rallying point this is the uh, the, the turning point of the season that's awesome but they got to bring the same effort that they had in the final 40 and they've got to get off to a quicker start because again it was a it was a blunder at the end of the game or a mistake at the end of the game but the oilers were chasing most of the night again because of a poor start
1: 6-4, Toronto takes it. The game winner, a minute five left. Credited to Patrick Marlowe, who was robbed a couple of times by Brassois tonight, but he gets credit because this man, Chris Russell, accidentally fired it into his own goal.
8: Obviously, you know what happened.
6: You guys battled back hard in that game. Was there um, some solace in the fact that you,
2: you did that? Yeah, I thought, I thought we came back and we played well, but, you know, pretty frustrated with the way it ended. You guys have been waiting for some good things to happen, and you
0: kind of made them happen tonight. It seemed like everything was going really well, and you get a
2: bad piece of bad luck to sum the season up a little bit. Um, I thought we were sluggish to start with, but I thought the guys really picked it up in the second, third. I thought we controlled the play. I mean, I don't know what you want to say. You know what happens at the end. I know. Have you ever had anything like that happen before? Not that I can remember. Do
1: you
6: you think the the way?
2: Read that's Chris Russell.
1: Well, Brendan Ulrich work in the dressing room there for GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine diesel parts at wholesale prices. You knew Chris Russell was, was going to stand in there and, and, and say whatever he could. Tough situation, obviously, uh, to be in. He'll be back strong, I'm, I'm sure. Saturday against the the Calgary Flames, and you kind of it was quiet off the top there, but basically saying, not really sure what happened. I mean, I'm not laughing at, at him, but I mean, what what else is he? What else is the guy really gonna say? Well, it,
5: it, I mean, this is the hard, one hard part about sports, and and I've been in there where something bad happens in a game, or or you are. Uh, the fault uh, of something that negative that happened, and you got to answer questions about it. And all you want to do is go home, crawl up in the bed, put the pillow over your head, and not talk to anyone until the next day. Yeah, you got to face the media and you got to face the cameras. And the first question you know is going to be, "What happened?" Well, I mean, you saw what happened. I shot it into my own net. What do you want from me? So it's tough. I give him credit for standing up and and, and acknowledging what he did. But again, it was. <laughs> It was a mistake, and there's way worse mistakes that happened in this game tonight. Plays that were guys missed assignments, guys getting beat, guys throwing blind passes, guys cheating. This was just a, a mistake out of effort, not a mistake out of out of a lack of discipline or a, a lack of uh, detail. And it just unfortunately shows up bigger on the scoreboard, and this is going to be something that I don't know, care which channel you turn on tonight or what... You go on on the internet or on the any feed, this is all they're going to show, and it's unfortunate, so this is a night that I'm sure Chris Russell will have everything turned off in the house, and will just pick up a book instead.
1: great game, a lot of plays that were made. unfortunate mm-hmm. that it uh, ends like that for the Oilers and their fans six four Toronto takes the two points seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three'll bring Steve on to overtime open line. Hi Steve, go ahead.
9: Hey guys. I guess first of all, I don't want to blame Chris Russell for. His mistake. I mean, there was tons of mistakes in the defensive zone that our guys have to own up to. But I was just wondering what you thought about Nuge's play. Like, I was kind of expecting him to break out because we were rolling three lines deep, but he really didn't do any do anything really. Like, I was just wondering what you thought about that.
1: Well, the four, I think, first of all, we should say, Steve, we haven't touched on this, the fourth line was the Oilers' best line. By far. With Latestu at center with Kara and Cassie, and So then you had McDavid's line, Dreisaitl's line, and Nugent Hopkins' line as the other ones who were trying to generate something, Rob. So I, I think it's almost fair to evaluate those other three lines, you know, each rather well, than just Nugent Hopkins' line. Well,
5: I mean, all, all three lines, the top three lines, were all quiet in the first period. The only line that was going in the right direction was the fourth line. Um, Nuge, probably a little quieter night tonight than we have seen as of late with him. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think any of the Oilers' top lines did anything until the game started getting going in the halfway through the second. But, I mean, Nuge, I, I mean, you don't, in average game, you don't heap on a guy if, after he's had a ton of very good games to start with, so yeah, he was quiet. Um, but
1: to and then me- Todd didn't use that line as much. About f- oh, 15, 15 minutes, minutes for Nugent yeah. Hopkins. Well, so he didn't play quite as much. As
5: all played. the all the top lines ice time was taken away a little bit because their fourth line played. Most times, your, their fourth line's getting seven, eight minutes, and tonight, Latestu Cass- was 14-0. Cassian was
1: 12:39, and Jujar was. Where's Kara on here? He was 13.
5: Yeah, so they they got six extra minutes. so That's taken away from the top three lines.
1: I think Jujar Kara an easy selection for our fourth start of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. He gets a goal, or sorry, he gets two assists. Latestu had a goal and two assists. Cassian had. Did they take an assist away from? No, oh, there it is. He had, a, he had a goal and an assist. Let's do the first star, Nylander the second star, and Cassian was picked as the third star. All right, we're getting to everybody on hold at 7804960063. You'll hear from Laurent Brassois, who got the a uh, little bit of a surprise start. Talbot on injured reserve this morning. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center.
0: Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line
3: on Oilers Radio,
1: 6.30 Chat. Andrew Gross from the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News with the early nomination for the Tweet of the Night. Anyone else notice Toronto gets awfully lucky in the last minute of games lately? Hashtag NHL, hashtag CFL. 6-4 <laughs> here at Rogers Place. Very entertaining game. Toronto outstanding early. They led 3-1 after the first. The Oilers came back to tie it 3-3. Leafs got a power play goal late in the second to go ahead 4-3. And then Oilers defenseman Chris Russell put the puck in the net twice in the third period. Once into Toronto's, once unfortunately into his own. And the Leafs get out of here with a 6-4 victory. You're going to hear from the Leafs' dressing room in a couple of minutes here seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Terry standing by. Hi, Terry.
7: <clears throat> Gentlemen, do you hear me?
5: Yep. Good evening,
7: Rob Reed. Uh, listen, I, I'm going to weigh in on this Chris uh, Russell thing, uh, if I may. Um, you know, I, 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 uh, I I've uh, watched hockey uh, for God's sakes for so many years, and. Um, This man uh, was featured in a CBC documentary about five, six years ago when he was on a farm in central Alberta with his family. And I thought to myself at that time, what a nice young man. Boy, oh boy. He was playing for Calgary at that time. Could we not get this guy? And we did. And I I feel so sorry for him. I uh, kind of date myself a little bit because uh, I actually saw... uh, um, Uh, Bobby Orr play as a junior and uh, Glenn Sather as a junior. So I'm going back a little ways. And I have one question for you. Um... Uh, Our friend Cassian, I wonder if he's in any relation. There was a Dennis Cassian back in the 1950s that came out of uh, Warwick, Vigerville area and played with the Chicago Blackhawks. He had a bit bit of a time with them, and I wonder if that's part of the same family.
1: Well, Zach's Uh, from Southern, Ontario, so I don't know for sure, but I I, I doubt it, though, Terry. But I can try to find out for sure. Thanks for calling 780-496-0063. Let's go down to the Leafs dressing room. He got credit for the M the netter. Here's Nazem Kadri. can you
4: take us through that uh, the game winner? Uh, yeah, Patty did a great job buying some space, uh, beating one guy, getting a good, good opportunity, and the puck just came off the goalie and tried to press, pressure the defenseman to uh, get a secondary opportunity and just tried to lift his stick, and I think he uh, you know panicked a little bit. The puck was bouncing, and uh, I think just ended up shooting his own net, so good bounce for us. That left you laughing yeah i had no idea what happened originally so uh, i just saw the goal light on and the puck behind him and i kind of figured that's what what, uh what happened but uh wasn't 100 percent sure and obviously a fortunate bounce for us but uh two points is two points what was the
9: celebration like when were you guys like asking each other what happened after the goal or
4: yeah i wasn't i was i was lost i had no idea what happened and uh just saw everyone kind of skate towards us and uh Fortunate, uh, fortunate bounce I guess and uh, I'm kind of, I don't really know how to describe it. Was that gutting out in that third period when the Oilers
2: had clearly taken control of the game in the middle frame now?
4: They did push in the second, they uh, dominated the second period for sure but that's what you expect from a, a team that's got that much skill and having the first period that they had being down a couple goals uh, you expect it to push back so that's, that's what playing on the road is all about, weathering the storm for a little bit and capitalizing on opportunities and getting a little
0: bit lucky. 9 4 and 1 on the road. Are you liking the club's resilience?
4: Loving it. Um, you know, I think that shows a lot of maturity, character win, uh, being able to hang in those games, especially on the road with, uh, you know, the momentum and the crowd uh, up against you. I think it shows a lot of maturity and a step we've certainly taken in the right direction. Glad
1: well, to see Nealander get going
4: tonight. For sure. Uh, it was only a matter of time for him. He's got all the skill in the world and um, he wants to be good. He, he works hard and I think, uh, you know, as a young guy, it's just. You know, handling handling those slumps can be uh, difficult at times. But with his skill, puck's gonna go in the net with that shot. Great shot, uh, great screens all around. Uh, great place.
1: All right, that's Nazem Kadri from the Maple Leafs. Got the empty net goal, played 18 minutes, two shots on net, 37% in the faceoff circle. And, and he mentioned he was asked about resilience. I mean, I think that's what made this such a great game is that both teams had to be resilient. The Oilers certainly were on the verge of, of maybe getting blown out, and they came back, and then the Leafs twice had the Oilers come back to tie it, and they had to stay in there. Well, I mean, it was a really good hockey game, Rob. You mentioned it. W- it would have been... B- better to decide at three on three. Tough mm-hmm. break for, for Russell, and the Leafs win at 6-4 tonight. Before we get back to the phone lines, we should talk a little bit more about, you mentioned the fourth line, but specifically, not to take anything away from Latestu and Cassian's game, but Jujar Kera, La- just quickly, last year he starts playing and looked you know okay, but he was so uncomfortable with the puck got into some games, got into some playoff games, starts this year, and you're like, where's the step forward? Gets healthy scratched, and since then, we've seen a much different player.
5: Seen an excellent player since then. You see a guy on your fourth line who still doesn't have a lot of NHL games under his belt that is not afraid to carry the puck through the neutral zone, uses his body to shield off defenders and and carry the puck to to spots where he can make plays. And he's making plays. And that's the biggest thing. A a lot of fourth-line players in the National Hockey League, they're there to... Uh, they, they've got certain situational parts of the game that they play. They'll be a penalty kill guy, or they'll get certain minutes against the other team's fourth line, but uh, Jujar's right now and his line mates, they're, they're going out against anybody because the coach has that faith in it, and it's because they've earned the right. Jujar's made some wonderful plays down low below the goal line. He's getting in hard on the forecheck. He's being physical. He, he He's making plays. He's using his speed. All the attributes that he has, he's taken full advantage of, and it was a huge wake-up call for him at the beginning of the season. He didn't come in to camp and play the way that they expected him to. Being a healthy scratch, I've been there. It, it There's some soul searching when you do that and you come out of it and there's I've seen guys go Two different ways. Some guys come out and they're pouting Mm -hmm. and they're mad at the world and I deserve better. And those players, all of a sudden, they just disappear. And there's the other guys that come out mad and I'm going to show him that I'm better than what uh, Mm -hmm. I've shown thus far. And Jujar has done that. And because of that, he's earning the respect of his teammates and the respect of his coach.
1: And he's our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. It's 1028-780-496-0063. Abbas is on the line. Abbas, how's it going? What up guys? Hello, go ahead. Even though the Oilers lost
7: this this uh, tonight, the I gotta say Georgia is amazing. Because of him we got a one goal with a bird assist with the two one thing and then when when we were down um, uh, 3, what was it?
1: It was 3-1 Toronto at one point.
7: Yeah, but at least he got us to a, like, almost an OT, you know, because I think it was about 3-2. First it was 2-1, then he made it 3-2, but it, his assist was amazing. And I'm wondering if uh, this guy will be signed like with uh, maybe like a five-year contract or a six-year contract.
10: Thanks.
1: Okay. Yeah, well, the Oilers just signed him to uh, a, a new contract in the offseason, so I think they'll be uh, be going with that one for, for a while here. I'm just double-checking if he was two or three because I got a bad memory. Yeah, he got a two-year contract, so that's where Jujar's at right now. we got to do some headlines and weather here at 10.30. We're coming back with your phone calls. You'll hear from Brassois, McDavid, and Matthews Leafs. Get out of here with a 6-4 win. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre.
0: This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 6.30 channel.
1: Thanks for joining us tonight. It's ten thirty-three. Final score here at Rogers Place. Toronto Maple Leafs 6, Edmonton Oilers 4. Very entertaining game. Always love the chanting back and forth between the Leafs fan and the Oilers fans. Chris Russell's unfortunate own goal slapped it between Laurent Brassois' pads. Turns out to be the game winner credited to Patrick Marlowe. Rob, we should touch on Brassois' game. I thought we'd be talking more about the goaltending, but, but given the way the Oilers rallied and, and, the, and the odd goal that decided, we've been talking more about that. Bressois winds up being credited with 30 saves on 35 shots. I, that doesn't sound great, but I, I thought he made some very important saves, and I also thought he there were times in this game he, he wasn't getting a lot of support from his d- defenders, whether they were a defenseman or a forward.
5: Well, yeah, the second goal was probably a goal that he'd like back. He was beat short side. It looked he might have been off his angle a little bit and was beat on that one. The other goals, I don't know if he can fault him on any of them, and then you start thinking of the big saves he made that could have, there was a couple times in the first period and then early in the second where if Toronto scored, it, it could have become a runaway this game. If they extended the lead to get into a three-goal lead, could have really taken the, 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 the win rate out of the sails of the Oilers, and all of a sudden it could have got really ugly. And you think back, it's 2 nothing, and Marlow is on a 2-on-0. Wide open net, and I mean, people were celebrating in the stands, the Maple Leaf fans already. He makes a big save there, makes a couple big saves back door, and, and then in the third period. So he did give them big saves. Uh, he take away the one goal they'd probably want back, but I think he's going to have a little bit more confidence going into the next game, maybe a little more settled and they're going to need him. Uh, this is a Calgary team that's pretty good coming off a big win tonight, and the Oilers need to catch him. They need to catch him with a regulation win, and to do that, they're going to have to
1: have good goaltending. All right, let's go down to the dressing room and hear from brossois
2: Tough for that to happen to him. Yeah, I don't. I mean, he does so much good things for us, like, like Connor said. Um, you can't fault a guy for making um, a mistake like that. Uh, we make mistakes throughout the game. Um, just because it happened at the end of the game, I mean um he had a you know worse outing than any one of us. I think um I think he showed well. Like like you said, he blocks a lot of shots, he does a lot of good things for us. When you're the goalie and that puck comes, you know, is it unexpected? I think it's probably unexpected, is that fair? Yeah, I mean I mean I didn't didn't see it on, you know, a Toronto stick. Um but at the same time I could have been a little sharper, I could have been a, a bit more ready. Um, especially with a minute left, I mean, I could have been uh, you know more tent- intense to make sure we we close it out to overtime.
3: Is there something for you to take away from this game? I mean, it wasn't wasn't a great start, but the way you you know the way you played through those you know next couple of periods and some of the
0: point blank mm-hmm. saves you made is there some confidence in there for you?
2: Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of good things that I'm going to take away from this game. Um, you know, a lot of rubbery and you know, some of my other outings. Um, you know some of them i didn't have a lot of chances against and, and others um, it was just a, an odd game so it was nice to get thrown into a game like this where um, there's a lot of intensity and, and it's a close game and there's a lot of pressure involved so um, like i said a lot of good things to take away from for me and i think. Um, the rest of the group. Now, when you say you had
0: a slow start, that first power play goal, it seemed like I much of a chance. I know, I'm going second second
1: goal. Read That's uh, Leverian Brassois. All right. Brendan Ulrich working in the Oilers dressing room tonight. Leafs take this one 6-4. You can get Rob and I at 780-496-0063. Here's Mike, who's dialed in. Mike, welcome Hello. to the show. Hello. Hey, Mike.
6: How are you? Good. So, um, I do have something to say first, but, um... So, I was reading. Like I was reading in the Australian. I was, in, I, was, I was reading. in the Australian group that I, that I do moderate. Anyway, that, that um, there's a good chance that Secre comes back within the next week. Um, do you guys have any? Um, no, Sekra, that-
1: No, sorry, Mike. Secker will not be back within within the next week. Within the next month is possible. Uh, early in 2018 is is, Most is, likely. is very likely, for sure. All right, we got Chad hanging on the line as well. Chad, good to hear from you.
3: Hey, guys. Uh, a couple, couple things for me. Uh, first of all, one thing I'm noticing with the Oilers defensemen is they're not stepping up at the blue line. Too often they're letting the guys walk right in. That happened on the second goal where Moore just walked right in. The Oilers defensemen were backed way up. Uh, well, what do you think about that? Well,
5: you're right. We talked about it at the end of the first period that the mistake that everyone's going to talk about on that is they're going to believe that, you know, it was a poor goal on Bressois But the first mistake was Eric Griba being, you know, below his own hash marks when Moore is getting coming to the Blue Line. I don't know what happened, why he was there. But, yeah, he backed in too far and allowed Moore to come full speed and get the shot that he wanted so yeah. it, it, it was a, a play that the, the mistake was made before the shot on net by the Oilers defenders.
1: And that was the shift uh, Anderson got caught out of the net and Cassian almost fired in. The Oilers had some pressure there and seven seconds later it was in the Oilers net. What's your other question Chad? Uh,
3: other question is uh, what, what do you think about the new PK that uh, a lot of NHL teams are going with where they're getting away from the box They're going with the triangle plus the guy at the top kind of going wherever the puck goes, and hopefully the forward is picking off the pass. But we saw in the first goal, Kajula didn't break up that pass. And next thing you know, it's in the back of your net. Like, the box, to me, was working way better for the Oilers.
5: Well, in all honesty... Was uh, it actually, though? (laughs) Well, (laughs) Well, no, I understand what you're
0: saying. I
5: mean, the Oilers' penalty killing has been awful. Like like awful like a, a bad penalty killer a below average penalty kill is at eighty percent if you're at eighty percent you're below you're 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 not happy and the Oilers right now are in the low seventies right. so their their penalty killing is awful
1: and. I but what I guess the question what do you think of because now a guy will sometimes track across the top right
5: well exactly I, I mean it, it, it comes down a lot of it comes down to execution you could uh, there could be f- there's four or five different types of penalty killings out there it depends on what kind of power play you're playing against so is it a is it a box plus one power play is it the one three one is it the old traditional overload one side that'll dictate what kind of penalty killing you'll send out there but a lot of it is just execution and hard work. And
3: right, but it, it doesn't seem like they're changing it up based on what they're seeing. They're going with that triangle plus one every time.
5: Well, I mean, yeah. Hey, well, if that's what they're doing, then it hasn't worked well because, uh, again, tonight, I mean, specialty teams, if, if you want to give uh, just a, a flat answer why the Oilers are where they are in the standings, you can simply say specialty teams, and you wouldn't be far off on the mark because their specialty teams have have haunted them this season, and a big reason they are where they are in the standings.
1: You know what? I, I'm going to say something, Robin. Maybe you'll you'll think I'm being overly detailed here. And and, and Benoit Pouliot was a guy who people called in a lot to us yep. and, and criticized, but his height and the the and the length, stick length, the yep. stick length, he could deny a, a lot of lanes or or delay a pass and. They don't really have a lanky guy like that on the PK. And
5: it's so true. And and I go back to to when I played. There's a guy Corey Cross, who uh, was you know a number five six defenseman most of his career. Hated playing against him because his feet always got in the way. Every time he went to make a pass, he had like size 13 skates. It seemed like And would always hit his feet. Playing against when I when I played, it was a guy named Shell Samuelson. He was an, he was the Chara of my era. He was probably about six foot six, but he, he would always his stick would always block that pass or tip that puck that was going to the net. Or his reach, he t- thought you were around him, and all of a sudden you feel his arm. And that's back when you could clutch and grab. He'd grab your shoulder and pull you back. So yeah, there there is something into the fact that a guy's wingspan. And Benoit Pouliot had, had a wingspan that would, I don't know, would it be 12 feet, 13 feet? That covers a lot of ice in the defensive zone, so he was very good at tipping passes that were going through the, the, the box, and that's the one thing that has really hurt the Oilers this year is the passes going cross seam, and they're getting back to open nets.
1: Leafs win at 6 4. The Oilers were one goal away from us turning on the Japanese Village goal light on the Oilers page on 630JED.com. We activate it whenever the Oilers get five or more in a game. Then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village downtown Southside and Northside. 780 496 0063. We'll bring David onto the show. David, you're on with Robin Reed.
11: Hi, Reed. Hi, Rob. How are you doing? Pretty good. Very good. Excellent. I just want to bring up a couple of points. Obviously, tonight's game was really, really entertaining. You know, the entertainment value in tonight's game was tremendous in terms of the back and forth and the way the Oilers were able to come back. But there was something that happened at the end of the game that really incensed me, and I was really very disturbed by it. And I think Rob, Bob, tried to push you into it when he was when he was discussing it with you at the end of the game. But I think you really pushed back and really stayed away from saying this. You know, um, at the end of the game. You know, Jack Michaels was talking about how he's not saying this as an employee of the Oilers, but he felt that there was a lot to be taken from this game and going forward, there's a lot that they can gain from what happened here and how nicely they came back and everything like that. But I think I, I think I think it's really important to just put just point out here. You know, at this point, we're expecting the Oilers to be a winning team. And part of being a winning team is having that winning attitude. And that bottom line is, there really is nothing to take out of tonight's game. The only thing that could have possibly been taken out of tonight's game was at least getting one point out of this game, and maybe even two with a win in overtime. The fact that they walked away with nothing in terms of points, especially in the predicament that the team is now in, is very, very disappointing, and I don't think that there is what to take forward in the game. There's nothing to look up forward, because at this point right now, it's time for the Oilers to recognize that to be a winning team, you have to act like a bunch of winners and stop talking like the losers that they were during the decade of darkness. So I really want to get your take in terms of when do you think that the Oilers are finally going to turn it around and recognize that they have to have an attitude like winners and expect to win, and when you don't win, no matter how nice it was that you might have come back, it's just not enough.
5: Well, I mean, at the end of the day, you're judged on wins and losses. And right now the Oilers have too many of of the losses and not enough of the wins. Uh, I think what Bob and Jack were alluding to is the fact that the Oilers felt over the last 40 minutes that they they showed a lot of things that they haven't showed uh, for, for a lot of the season. They came back against a good team. They forced the play. They they created chances in the offensive zone. They carried the play the final 40 minutes. Now, whether what Bob and Jack said is true or not, we'll see when we go to the game in Calgary on Saturday night. Do the others come out and play like they finished the game and carry what they, they had? And, and the guys... Teams always stayed in the dressing room between periods. All right, you know what? Let's go. We're down in this game. but Let's go. Let's let's have a good third, so we can carry it into the next game. So we can carry it into the road trip. So the others are going to have that opportunity to carry what they did right in the final 40 minutes. The the urgency they started playing with, the desperation they started playing with, and they can carry it into a game in Calgary where they you're right. They are desperate for points. They they. You know what, Rob, need
11: I I agree with you, Rob. But yep. in terms of just understanding. Seven games ago, that might have been talk that made sense. At this point, the Oilers need to scratch out every point they possibly can have. Yes, David, you're right to start talking about. Yeah,
1: David, you're right. But I, I, I don't. I mean, in terms of what Rob and I are saying, we're talking about tonight's game. I mean, do you want us to say the season is over? because they're 10-14. No, no,
6: no they're, what, they're, I'm looking, what I'm looking to say is,
11: is that regardless of as nice as it was, that they might have come back and been able to try and pull this one out, the fact that they didn't at this point in the season, they can't afford to lose these points anymore. And let's call it what it is. A winning team has a winning attitude. We blew the opportunity to gain at least one point tonight, and I'd like that to be acknowledged the same way that last game, we didn't did we hear at the end of the Arizona game that really if they would have played this way against any other team except for the bottom-seating team like Arizona, that that would have been enough, you know. We didn't hear that last game of about apologizing for winning. Let's not apologize for losing. But okay, at
5: this point, we can't leave
11: any points on the
5: table. No. Having said that, it was it was the the guys in the press box that said it, so it wasn't the players.
1: Correct. Has he gone, David? Are you still there? I think he's gone. Oh, so I mean, sorry. all right. Fair. I mean, look, fair enough. I mean. He's right. The Oilers' record isn't good enough.
5: No, and I I know what Bob uh, and Jack are saying, and they, they're they saying that there was, so, there was a lot of good that happened in this game that they hopefully can carry that forward, that they deserve better than that they got. And, and and all of that is true, but also is a game that they chased the whole night because they had a terrible start to the game. And we're very fortunate, actually, only to be down 2 nothing at one point when they scored their first goal. So there were positives. Hopefully those positives will go forward into Calgary. But I, we won't know for another well, 42 that's the, hours.
1: I, I, and, that's, and that's often how it is. Yeah. It's how do you react yeah. to a loss or to, to a bad period. They reacted well to a bad period tonight. Hey, well, they did not win in the end. That's disappointing. They,
5: they've actually reacted better to losses than they have to wins this that's, year. That's because, actually true. Because they haven't they've put – they've, they've only had 2 two game winning streaks the whole season. So hopefully – I mean – yeah, it, they need points on home ice against uh, teams in the other conference. I mean, they they need to win these games. You're right, but I'm 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 still a glass half full guy, and and you. This is a a, a lot of. I mean, a, a, as as Jack said, maybe this is a turning point. We don't know that until we see the next game. But I believe that's what they're trying to say.
1: Special caller to the show, Bob from the Southside Athletic Club. Go ahead, Bob. <laughs>
3: Yeah, longtime listener, seven-time caller. Uh, <laughs> two, two things. It's ironic that Rob Brown mentioned Corey Cross because Maple Leaf fans would remember in the same series, Corey Cross scored an overtime goal for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And then two games later, those giant size 15 feet deflected home a winning puck in overtime for Ottawa in the same series. Corey Cross was there to be accountable. Uh, when he scored, obviously, you know, he got a lot of attention, a lot of publicity, and then when the puck went in off him, he was there as well. Tells you a lot, and Chris Russell did the same thing tonight. The point we're making isn't that, hey, boy, there's there's things they can build on here despite the fact that they're 10-14-2. As you guys know, they didn't have their number one goalie. They didn't have two of their three top three defensemen. Had the Edmonton Oilers beaten the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight, and the Leafs, you know, didn't have Freddie Anderson, didn't have – Morgan Riley, for the sake of argument, and Jake Gardner. Leaves fans would have said, yeah, but you didn't beat us at our best. Fact is, Edmonton rallied from down 2 nothing, 3 run. Rob, you've been in situations like that as a player. You don't have all your horses. Your team never quit. That was the point that we were making, that they stayed in the fight, that they battled. You mentioned the, the sense of desperation. That's where we're going. If that's last on the previous caller that wants to be a negative Nelly, okay, so be it. But I... We were factoring in who Edmonton didn't have in their arsenal tonight, guys, as to part of the explanation as why tonight was a building block. for has an opportunity to build off the final 40 minutes in goal, and some of the defensemen that took on accelerated minutes can do the same, the fourth line as well, and that's where we're going. Okay.
1: Appreciate it, Bob. Talk to you tomorrow. Hang in there. That's Bob seven eight zero four nine six zero zero three. Just Bob. Yeah, just Bob. Just by, I think everybody knows which <laughs> Bob that was. 6-4, Toronto takes it. You can weigh in on this game on the season at 780-496-0063. We're going to take a quick timeout. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center.
0: Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line
3: on Oilers Radio.
0: 6:30 check. Well, that was quite a game. You're
1: going to remember this one. 6-4, Toronto beats Edmonton. Winning goal with a minute five left. Chris Russell slapping it accidentally five-hole on his own goaltender, Laurent Brassois, and then the Leafs got an empty net. A really good game by the Oilers' fourth line of Cassian, Latestu, and Kara. I'm Reed Wilkins. He's Rob Brown. Really appreciate you joining us tonight. We'll bring in Chris at 780-496-0063. Good evening, Chris.
9: Hey, guys, how's it going? Well, we're doing pretty good. Well, I I just want to touch on a few points. I won't go on and on, but I'm not a negative Nelly. I'm a, a proud supporter, passionate fan, just like a lot of us, and we all want to see the Oilers do well, and we're all pulling for them. And, but i got to call it what it is. And when Bob calls in and says negative Nelly, I don't agree with that. We all love our team, but we got to call what we see. And I just want to touch on something that I think we haven't really touched on, and that's playing with passion and playing with determination and, like, you're hungry. We got guys like Cassian that are running around, like, playing like they're 6'5", 240 pounds. Where is Patrick Maroon doing that? Nowhere. Where is Milan Lucic doing that? Nowhere. How come those guys who we depend on to throw some muscle out there and some heart determination can never deliver? And I'm not trying to hate on Patrick Maroon. But he is a shadow of a player of what he was last year. He's constantly on the wrong side of the puck. He's always looking around to see if someone else is going to chase, and then then he kind of gets on his horse. He's kind of just gliding around, comes off, argues with the ref about every last so little Chris, offside. So, Chris, I'm
1: going gonna, I'm gonna to just cut you off because I, I think you made your point. I, I guess I, I would counter that to say is I, I think that's why the Oilers are where they are. And quite frankly where was Zach Cassian before the last two or three games? There have been a lot of guys who have not consistently brought what we expected them to bring or brought more consistently last season. I mean, I think you're kind of answering your own, your own question. Oh no, he's
5: gone. Yeah, I mean, good point. It was a good point by him and a good point by you.
1: Let's go down to the Leafs dressing room. Here's their head coach, Mike Babcock.
8: How's that ending? least the on goal uh, great for you in terms of your experiences and ways to win a hockey game? Well, I just think that... You know, we started really good. We, I thought we really controlled the first period. I thought they really controlled the second. But in this league, if you start on time, things tend to go well for you. And, you know, our power play was really dangerous here tonight. Uh, you know, Willie, for the minutes he played, was as good as you can play. Our fourth line was good. Uh, you know, they're a dangerous team. They do real well off the rush. They activate their D. I thought the game was probably exciting for the fans. It wasn't very exciting for me. Um but in the end, you found a way to win a game, and that's what you got to do on the road. Sometimes they're ugly, but you find a way to win. Mike, did you expect that from the other
4: fourth line tonight, seven points?
8: From who? The others'
2: fourth line.
8: Well, you know, I guess the way I look at it, too, Willie was playing on our uh, fourth line, two, and he had three. So, I mean, that way you look at it... Uh, You know, you don't draw it up like that. You think McDavid and and, uh, Matthews and those kind of guys are going to have the opportunities, but that's the way it goes sometimes. That's why you have, you know, four lines and 60. Do you think
12: uh, the three points
8: will help free Willie up Matthew a little bit? Yeah, but uh, uh, he's got the same amount of points he had last year. Mm -hmm. So if you look at it today, he's going to have more points than he had last year. Like, I don't know what it's all about. Just play hard and work hard, and you're a really talented player the league is really hard and uh, your first year no one knows who you are and then after that they know who you are and if you want to be a star you got to dig in and become an everydayer and it's a hard league, it's supposed to be a hard league, the best league in the world is supposed to be hard and if you want to be a guy who becomes a star it's about heart and soul and digging in and getting better. Your club's 10-0 when leading after two periods, how important a stat is that for you And, and what has led to it do you think? Yeah, knock on wood here, like you just don't want to inflate. I mean obviously it's important you want to get ahead and stay ahead and want to win games. Um, you want only got to be able to close out games, and I thought tonight, even when we went ahead, there was much time left, but, uh, you know, we still did a good job in that area. You talk about finding a way to be good.
9: I mean, you're not maybe feeling your best. Was that a bit of a gutsy effort for Austin tonight? Saying how he
8: was doing? Yeah, I thought, uh, you know, I thought that line was dominant in the first, and then I didn't think they were quite as good after that, and no. yet uh, they were still solid, and he was good in the face-off circle. He had great opportunities. The kid in net made two unbelievable saves off him, and so, in the end, uh, You know, we won the game, and that's why you come to the rink. So, uh, good night for us, and we can move on from here. So, So you guys travel safe, everyone.
1: Mike Babcock, his Leafs are good seventeen nine and one. They win six four over the Oilers tonight. We'll bring in Allen on the open line. Hey,
6: Allen, go ahead. Hi, just uh, make a a few comments here. uh, I've been kind of watching a lot of teams this year, but I find the Oilers bench is uh, very—it's not enthusiastic. It doesn't have that that upbeat that everybody's, you know, giving us a fist pump or, or uh, not just after a goal, but during the game to, to really get each other going. And it was noticeable in the first period. And uh, I happened to be at a local pub having, uh, watching the first period because they wanted to go watch the first period. And I was sitting beside this obnoxious leaf fan. So of course I'd like to have given him a few shots, but I'm 61 and he's 30, but uh, I ended up leaving. I told him, I said, he was knocking Boursois. And I said, how can you knock a goaltender that uh, he comes in in the situation he's in? He had two two-on-zeros. Uh, he was uh, probably multiple. I don't even know if there was nine or ten giveaways in the first period where he made saves. And uh, as a group, they, they seemed to have left them out to, to dry. And, and in the end, in the next few periods, he made tremendous saves they came back like if they played the first period like they played the second and third definitely there's a win there but they in the first period they they gave up the puck too much yep. and uh, and their power play i mean twice on the power play and if you look at the replays they, their box went to a line it went from being a box into a straight line and when it went to the straight line they passed the puck left or right, and it was two
1: goals. Yeah, Alan, yeah, for sure, buddy. I mean, the Oilers' special teams have, have been a glaring weakness, uh, and we're you know coming up to 30 games into the season. There is absolutely no doubt about that, and I, I think that's one of the points that you know Bob was trying to make earlier. If the Oilers take the second and third tonight, and can roll that into their effort consistent effort level then they're going to be in every game. First period they were dominated by the Maple Leafs tonight, absolutely. More phone calls, you'll hear from Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews ahead. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre.
8: This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Now, from the Osmond Auctions
0: Broadcast Centre, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chat.
1: Toronto Maple Leafs knock off the Edmonton Oilers 6-4 as we check the Advantage Trailer Rentals scoreboard. Calgary shuts out Arizona 3-zip. Oilers and flames Saturday night. Stars win in overtime 4-3 in Chicago. The Kings knock off the Capitals 5-2. Montreal wins 6-3 in Detroit. Canucks over the Predators 5-3. Daniel Sedin, career point number 1,000. Minnesota wins on home ice 4-2 against Vegas. Thursday night football, Dallas 38 Washington fourteen. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Really appreciate you joining us tonight, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Dean on the line who's also gonna finish the play for an eight-day parking pass to Jet Set U Park, brought to you by Jet Set Parking. Park cheap and easy. Visit JetsetParking.com. But first Dean, give us your thought on the game.
9: Oh man. Like number
11: one, all the people calling in right now, like calm down. Like, the guy talking about the triangle plus one, dude, watch a Chicago game. It's not, a, it's not new. Get over it. And for that D- David guy, I wouldn't invite him to any party. He's such a buzzkill.
1: <laughs> okay.
10: And
11: and on top of that, everyone needs to lay off the keystones before calling in. Holy. All
9: right, let's finish the play.
1: All right. <laughs> that, was, that, that was pretty good. Sort and sweet from Dean. What do you have, Killen? Except when a Stanley Cup. Oh, here's a turnover. Re-shot. Wrist shot by Austin Matthews in the third period. Goal or no goal?
12: Unfortunately, uh... In the up. third
1: period. In the third period. Goal or no oh, goal? Oh,
13: right, right. Third, no goal.
1: Except when a Stanley Cup. Oh, here's a turnover. Re-shot.
9: What a save by Brassois on Austin Matthews. And Edmonton comes thundering the other way. Two on two.
1: Great save by Brassois. And that was another instance where... Leafs could have scored a goal shortly after Edmonton did yeah and he no. was able to keep that one out
5: uh, he made big saves at big moments tonight, and unfortunately, it was a an own goal that cost him the victory. It's funny; the one guy I feel sorry for right now too is Steve Smith. In our booth, we got a big screen TV, and now because of Russell's goal on himself tonight, they've replayed Steve Smith scoring on Grant Fuhr uh, four times so far that I've counted in the. I, hour I don't know if here.
1: the magnitude of the game <laughs> is comparable. No, I, I I don't think so. But have they shown Laine? Because that happened in this building. Yeah, they, they did. No, last year.
5: No, they're just showing all other guys that scored on themselves right. Now. Now, so
1: did was it uh, several years ago? Was it Corey Potter accidentally snapped one in in front?
5: I don't remember that. I remember wasn't it Bergevin that threw one into his own net when he was with the Islanders? It was either him or Denine I think it was Bergevin threw the puck into his own net as like he was trying to whip he, it to the he, corner. Yeah, he grabbed it, and went to throw it, and then went top shelf on his own goalie. It it happens more than you more than you would imagine. And last year, Winnipeg Jets did it twice. Uh, Liney did it here, and then. Uh, One of their their small defensemen shot it in from the corner in overtime along the goal line, put it in on himself. So it does happen, and unfortunately for the Oilers, it it happened at the most inopportune time.
1: 6-4, Leafs over Oilers. Connor McDavid had a goal tonight for Edmonton. Here he is.
4: Leaving aside the end, you guys got down two in six minutes, and in the first period you didn't play very well at all, but then the team really played well the next 40 minutes you guys really carried the play
13: yeah you're right i mean we didn't start uh well obviously anytime you find yourself down two in the first uh five six minutes it's uh not ideal obviously but um we found a way to battle ourselves back in the game and um you know really i thought we played well in the in the the second period third both teams had chances going both ways so um just the way it goes, I guess. How hard is it to take to play that game and battle through that game and lose it that way? Yeah, um, obviously an no unfortunate way to end it, but uh, you know I think uh, everyone would have won it over time. I think that uh, would have been an entertaining one, but um, you know, obviously it's, uh, it's the way it yeah. goes. And, um, we battled hard. We can feel good about how we battled. Um, and no one can say that uh, we didn't put our best foot forward.
0: You might be as Chris uh, Russell. I mean, he looks
13: like the kind of guy that everyone He's, he's the guy that he would go for war. go to war for. Honestly, he uh, you know, he does everything for us. He throws himself and throws himself and some some shooting lanes that uh, most people would be diving to get out of the way. And uh, he's putting himself in, in harm's way. And um, you know he battles so hard each every night. And you know, honestly, he had a great game. You know he was great tonight. Um, you know offensively, defensively, he was he was solid. Um, what can you say to him
4: and at a moment like this, or maybe
13: tomorrow? Like, what can you say? You know, he's, he's, a, he's a veteran guy. He's been around a long time. I don't think uh, I don't think he's going to lose any sleep over it. Um, you know, it's obviously unfortunate, and, and uh, you never want to see that happen to, to anyone. But um, by the way hockey goes. It's a game of uh, quick plays and a game of uh, reading, reacting, and. Um, that's the way it goes. Obviously, there's nothing more you could say about it, and uh, we can't hold it against him. He was great all night. Despite the
3: finish and everything, can you guys take solace in the fact that you guys got up off
13: the canvas and came back? Well, yeah, you can, yeah, you can take a lot of pride in that. Uh, you know, um, obviously, like I said before, not the start we wanted, and we found a way to battle back. And you know, I thought uh, had a really good second period, like I said earlier, and, and uh, third period found a way to tie the game, and uh, we gave ourselves a real chance to. To get a few points. And you didn't get the result. Was that, was that a fun game, the playing with all the chances back and forth? The crowd was really into it, everything like that? Yeah, it was exciting. Uh, you know, any time a uh, no Canadian team comes to the building, especially the Leafs, um, you know, the crowd gets really into it. Uh, definitely a fun game to be a part of. Can you I hear that stuff? Read that's uh, Connor McDavid.
1: All right, thanks, Brendan. You know, McDavid's answer on Russell, one of the longest <laughs> answers we've ever heard him give and people have asked about is he a, a vocal leader? Does he stand up? He's, he's not a vocal guy. He's a pretty soft-spoken guy. We're not there when he, when he's just in the dressing room, but I think that's that's leadership when you're asked about Chris Russell and you list off everything you like about your teammate when he's had a tough shot into his own net like that.
5: Well, And, and Chris Russell is an easy guy to list off a number of positives about. He's a guy that everyone likes that uh and, and my favorite line he said he's the guy that's diving in front of things that most guys are diving to get out of. so it, it was it was just a, t- a tough break. and if it wasn't there was one of those plays that if it wasn't one that cost that eventually was the game winning goal late in the hockey game, it'd be something you would be joking about the next day in practice. You would, you the guys would come out and the coaches would put a puck in front and the guys would all go and shoot in their own net or something silly like that. It just it was so inopportune uh, at the end of a game that it it's, it was heartbreaking for him. And but it, I'm sure that uh, it won't be the last time we see an Edmonton they' put the puck in their own net at some point this season or next. Just hope that it's in a game that they're comfortably ahead in and you don't have to worry about it as much.
1: By the way, Adam Larson didn't play tonight. Upper body injury, Todd McClellan said day-to-day, so I guess we'll find out a little bit more tomorrow. They're going to need him. I mean, Secker's obviously out. Clef has been playing dinged up. That's the exact word General Manager Peter Shirelli used the other day. 6-4, the Leafs take this one. We'll bring Cam onto the open line. Cam, you're on with Robin Reed.
10: Fellas, how are you? Very good. Another interesting uh, goal... That the Oilers were involved in was the Patrick Stefan goal in 2007 when he missed the net. If you guys remember that open one, his non-goal, yeah. And and Hemsky ended up taking it down and scoring to win that game. Who was the announcer that went off on Stefan and called for his head? Was that Ray Ferrari? That
5: was Ray. Yep.
10: Yeah. Looking back on that, like he thought it was intentional. I don't think it was intentional.
5: Was no, it? I don't. He didn't think it was intentional. He thought he was way too casual. He okay. didn't think he intentionally missed He thought he was way too casual in that position To go down a- a- and miss an open net like that And he was casual But m- most players when they have a wide open net Are a little casual Because they think it's probably going to go in the net But yeah, Ray Ray went off on him afterwards He had a little bit of a Ray rant
10: Yeah, he did for sure It was, it was actually quite surprising um, So I'm getting ready to get lambasted by Rob on this one But I'm going to throw something out there <laughs> I'm just having fun But you probably will and that's fine. I I have to I have a tough time with the concept of a fourth line earning it or deserving it when it comes to ice time. There there's nothing that can can be gained by giving them that extra ice time. Like I like it and you're trying to win the game. There's so much downside to having those guys out there with a the minute and 10 seconds left were they you know ultimately responsible for the goal no they weren't. I just wonder why and I've always been an inclusionary guy. I, I've always been a guy I play four lines. I, I'm a big believer in it in, in every sport. I've coached, I played college hockey I played junior hockey, college football. I mean I'm a big believer in playing your bench everything I've I, I, I coached at a high level. So, it's not a natural thing for me to want to exclude, and I get caught up and I'm excited about that fourth line plan, too. But is there anything to gain by not having McDavid? And I'm not trying well, to. Well, McDavid
5: the was on the ice for the the, the last goal against by Patrick Marlowe when Russell put the puck in the net. McDavid was McDavid, on the ice, and so was Schleppischeff.
10: But the zone was gained with the fourth line on the ice, right?
5: I. Uh, I don't I don't think so.
1: I, Recently, think, so. I think the Oilers maybe might have partially changed on the way back, but it was kind of a it was but a the, it was a 2 on 2 rush with Marlowe cutting in front on Nurse. Yeah. and then the puck was there and Russell and Kadri were, were tangling for it and then that's when Russell slapped it in.
5: Well, you go with who's playing the best whether it's and when you're on the bench and every coach I've ever been on, been with has played the same way. If, if you're playing well, you play. If you're not playing well, you don't play. And it's not a fourth line where we have uh, who was the big dude that we had that played for the Oilers. He ran the guy through the boards. Big tough guy. You ran the guy through the boards at the beginning of the season once. The Calgary Flame became a cult hero here. Met McIntyre. It's not like the oh, Oilers' yeah. fourth line is a, they have a McIntyre, or a guy that's non-capable of playing. The Oilers' yeah. fourth line are capable players. that you They can play against anyone. So I have no problem at all with the fourth line being out at any time in this hockey game because they were their best line. Throughout the entire game, they were the best line that the Oilers had on the ice. So... It, it To me, you go with who's playing best. There's some nights your, you're, some of your better players are having an off night, and I'm fine with having those guys, you know, have decreased minutes because you're not, everyone never, no one has 82 perfect games. And the roller coaster is up and down. The best players are consistent more often. The fourth liners are are not as consistent, don't have as much to offer, and that's why they're on the fourth line. But if they're having a good night, you ride it. You ride it as yeah. long as you can, and I, I don't know exactly how the the last goal was scored, who was there, but I know that on the game sheet, McDavid and Slepyshev were two of the guys that were on the game sheet. They were on the ice yeah. when that goal went in.
10: Yeah, fair enough. I, I mean, that's that's a good. I, I called for an explanation more than anything. Too, I just I, that concept of of um, earning and deserving. I, I think at the NHL level, you know, you earn your paycheck, you deserve you know to get paid, and like, I, I, the last thing I want to do is start to see, feel-good moments.
5: But but aren't were you not the caller the other night and said that Maroon shouldn't play in the third period? I wouldn't
10: have him. Yeah, but okay. now
5: we're line. running out of players on your team, though. You wouldn't have the fourth no, line out. You wouldn't have Maroon who's on your first or second line. Like you, We're running out of players for the third period now.
10: I echo the sentiments of the previous caller. I'm not going to rip on Maroon again. I, I echo the sentiments on him. I, I'm not... I'm not Uh, impressed with his with his game this year. I'm not at all. So different story, I guess. Different call for a different night. Hopefully, never again.
1: Hopefully, I'll never have to make that call. All right, Ken. Well, Rob's giving you a bit of a hard time too, but that's all right. (laughs) Thanks a lot for calling. Let's go back down to the Toronto Maple Leafs dressing room. One of the best young guys in the game. Here's Austin Matthews.
12: Austin, uh, what was it like seeing that game-winning goal go in? Yeah, crazy, uh, pretty fortunate uh, balance for us. Definitely didn't uh, envision the game ending like that, but uh, it's a win. Uh, We're going to take the two points and uh, move on here to Vancouver. The start uh, the club was able to get here tonight. Uh, were you surprised it was as dominant as it was against a team like that? Well, I think that's the kind of start you, you definitely need against a team like this because uh, you know they they can skate and they got a lot of skill and uh, when you put them back on their heels and uh, have them playing D zone, that's what you want ultimately and uh, force them to go all the way back into their zone and, and have to break out. So the, the start we had was definitely the, the one we wanted
1: was
12: the matchup with uh, Connor like to next Yeah, it's tough. Anytime you go against uh, a player of his caliber, you got to make sure you're ready. And, uh, you know, it gets pretty tiring chasing around all, all night. But, uh, I mean, you can just absolutely fly out there. So uh, you definitely got to be, uh, be prepared anytime you're playing a player like that.
9: How are you feeling?
12: I've had better days. Yeah.
9: Was the, do you sense the energy level because of the illness kind of affecting you tonight,
12: or uh, a little bit towards the end? But um, anytime you play you know, a pretty big stage like this, uh, a lot of hype around this game, obviously. So uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, there's no excuse. You got to go out there and play and do your job. So. What did you think of Williams' job tonight? And that whole line got a goal, I think. Yeah, they were uh, they were huge for us. Those uh, two goals there on five on five, and then obviously uh, Willie's Willie's shot on uh, the the power play. So um, you know we have so much depth throughout all four lines, and, and when all four lines are clicking and all four lines are scoring, it's uh, you know, we're a tough team to compete with. What did you have to do today to be able to ready yourself to play? Sleep. Yeah, it's about a. Provide a perspective of uh, Zach and, and the punishment he takes to make plays. Just it uh, seems every shift. Yeah, he's uh, you know, he never takes a game off or a shift off. He's a guy that just plays ball to the wall. So you know he's going to show up every game and um, do his do his job. He's going to get out there on the forecheck and create space for you. So um, you know, he's never really a guy you got to worry about.
1: All right, that's Austin Matthews scored early in this one. 2:15 in his 13th of the season on the power play. The Leafs were incredible in the first period. Certainly there was worry, I think, that they were going to run away with it. The Oilers came back to tie it 3-3, 4-4. Ultimately, the Leafs get a 6-4 victory. Chris Russell, one of his best games, quite frankly, of the season, but he winds up accidentally shooting it into his own net at 18.55 of the third. And Patrick Marlowe gets credit, and the Leafs win 6-4. They added an empty netter with one second on the clock. So Rob, the Oilers 10-14 and 2 still in a tough spot, 6 points out of the playoffs going into Calgary on uh, Saturday night. Toronto's now 17-9-1. They're doing great and they add six more tonight, already one of the highest scoring teams in the league. They were uh, fourth in goals for per game coming into tonight. So, uh, they continue to look to look really good. We'll see about Larson's status. Obviously no Talbot for a couple of weeks. The Oilers are are, are not in a great spot. But, but they, I mean, there aren't moral victories. I mean, the caller before, no, right. he made a fair point. A loss is a loss. They they need points. But now moving into a new month, you hope they start chipping away. And I Peter Shirell used it last year, time to try to take tonight's effort into next games and harvest some more points.
5: Well, and now there, there's a difference between a win against Toronto and a win
1: against Calgary, just in the standings.
5: It, the games when you start playing, divisional games, conference games, those are four-point games. And it's important that the Oilers, as they try to climb back into the playoff race, when they play teams like Calgary, if they go into Calgary and they lose in regulation, that is a huge, huge loss to the Edmonton Oilers. They win in regulation. All of a sudden, they're two points closer to a team that they have to jump over to get into the playoffs. I would imagine that the Oilers will go there with the urgency and the desperation that they're – standings dictate they need to to go with. Uh, If they go with the way they played in the final 40 minutes here, then they have a good chance at success. If they go in there and and try to find their way into the game, kind of sleepwalk through the first five or six minutes to see which way the game is going to go, they're going to find themselves in trouble again. Because as great as this final 40 minutes of this game was, it again was lost in the first period. Because they had to play catch-up. And when you have to play catch-up, when you have to chase an entire game, you can't afford a mistake. And tonight the mistake was the Russell goal, own goal. Had the Oilers come out at a better start? And Mike Babcock talked about it. He says, we showed up on time. Yep. And that's what got them the victory says when you show up on time you usually find success. And the Toronto Maple Leafs did. They could sleep, they could they didn't have to be as good the final 40 because they were so good in the first 20.
1: Well, and again, 8 straight games the Oilers have allowed the first goal, 18 of 26 this season. The Oilers have fallen behind at least one nothing. And there's so there a good go. reason
5: why you're out of the playoffs right there. All right, Rob. Good night. You know what? Thanks, it was buddy. it was a good night, but I think I think Saturday is going to be even more fun.
1: We'll have it for you on 6.30 Chad face-off show at 6.30, game at 8, Oilers at Flames. Thanks to our studio producer, Kellen Kennedy. You can get more on the Oilers page on 630chet.com. This has been Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. Toronto takes it over the Oilers 6-4. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Have a great night.